It's 12.27 a.m., and we are here to talk about this year's Grammy Awards. It was a big night for Childish Gambino and for Casey Musgraves and for host Alicia Keys. It was also a night of strong performances from artists like Janelle Monae, Cardi B, and Dua Lipa. And don't forget Diana Ross, who wished herself a happy birthday a month and a half early. We're wrapping up all this and lots more, so don't go away. Support for this podcast and the following message come from CLR Mold and Mildew Stain Remover. While you're going about your daily life, there's something developing in the dark recesses of your home. Mold and mildew are growing, but you can fight back with CLR Mold and Mildew Stain Remover. It gets rid of mold and mildew stains and works without bleach or harsh fumes. It even carries the EPA Safer Choice Seal. Visit clrbrands.com to learn more today. CLR Mold and Mildew Stain Remover, making the world a little cleaner. Welcome back. You just met NPR Music's Stephen Thompson, and also with us from NPR Music is Anastasia Tsiolkas. Anastasia, welcome. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for being here with us to talk big Grammy Awards. Now, I want to talk about the awards themselves first. Album of the Year, Stephen, this was your favorite album of 2018. Yeah, that does not happen often. My favorite album wins Album of the Year, uh, Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour, a beautiful, beautiful record. Yeah. And Song of the Year and Record of the Year both went to Childish Gambino for This Is America. Anastasia, did that surprise you at all? I think it may have surprised Childish Gambino more than anyone else. (laughs) Did you take anything away from the fact that those were the three big winners? Well, I would say, you know, this was the first year that the Grammys had expanded those categories as well as Best New Artist to eight nominees, which mm-hmm. is a huge field yeah. and sort of becomes anyone's game at that point. Because yeah. you're like, well, you know, maybe there's going to be a certain segment of voters who go for this and certain labels that go for that. Yeah, you know, it complicates the math a lot. Right. Totally, totally does. Yeah. Um, so it felt more like the field was open this year than it has in a while. Right, right. And this was also a really important year for the Grammys in part because of a controversy over some stuff that the CEO of the Recording Academy, Neil Portno, had said last year. And Anastasia, you've reported on this and talked about it. Remind people what the what the broad outlines of that controversy were. So... Last year, just to paint a little bit of a background, uh, Lord was the only uh, woman who was nominated for Album of the Year um, who was not allowed to give a solo performance. And there was a fair amount of ire in the music industry, like why was she singled out? And the producer of the show, a guy named Ken Ehrlich, said, we just can't squeeze everybody in. Yeah, um, and then uh, a reporter at Variety magazine followed up and asked Neil Port now, who's president and CEO of the Academy, um, what that was all about, and sort of general feelings about women in the industry in the in the Me Too era, and he said, "Well, women need to step up, and if they did, I think they'd be welcome." <laughs> and, <laughs> and that, more than anything else, that infamous line. Uh, set off a firestorm. And according to what I hear from you, the pop music industry statistics for women are still pretty depressing. Uh, yeah. So in 2019, let's just make sure we know that we're all talking about the 21st century, right? Uh, of music producers, 2% are women. And of engineers, 3% are women. So yeah. they're pretty abysmal. And um, those numbers, by the by, come from a group of researchers at USC who have also studied the Hollywood they sure film have. industry. Yeah. And they've said, you know, look, 
this is much worse than Hollywood. Yeah. Um, both in terms of numbers and in terms of just general attitude towards women in the field. Okay. And when Hollywood is your barometer for for good stuff happening, right. that's not great. Well, and so this seemed to be something that they that was kind of on the top of mind, and and Portnow has to come out every year and give a speech because he's the CEO of the Academy, and nobody ever really wants to hear from the CEO of the <laughs> no. Academy. This year, they also put it at eleven thirty when the <laughs> very end of the show everybody's tired it felt to me like a glancing veiled reference to trying to listen when you do something wrong or something because this past year i've been reminded that if coming face to face with an issue opens your eyes wide enough it makes you more committed than ever to help address those issues yeah, there was some very veiled, this has been a learning year for me yeah. language. Uh, and he's on his way out the door. His contract expires in July. He said months ago that he was leaving. So it sort of felt vague and empty to me as a listener. Right. They did start off the show with a number of strong performances from women, I felt like. You had performances early on from Camila Cabello Casey and Musgraves. Casey Musgraves, Janelle Monet. Eventually, there was a big kind of performance from Cardi B. I did feel like those were the performances that were the strongest as opposed to your your Post Malone and stuff like that. At one point, they had Post Malone come on and perform with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Post Malone uh, is wearing kind of like this kind of grubby jacket and kind of slouches out and, and does his thing. And you just think, man... Men need to step up. <laughs> there was also a bit at the beginning when the the host, Alicia Keys, brought out Jennifer Lopez and mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett Smith and, you know, Michelle, Michelle Obama. Obama. And they sort of did this moment that was like, look at all these great women and Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And so it was this very big moment of kind of look at all these fantastic women. I felt like they were trying to address this. And to but some... they didn't say anything. Right. You know, that was the amazing thing. They all got up and so you have these visuals of these five incredible impressive, powerful women, all very self-possessed and very articulate about what it is they do and why they do it. And they sort of go into this soapy thing about how meaningful music is. And I thought, well, are the visuals supposed to do the work for us? Right, right. From the Motown records I wore out on the South Side to the Who Run the World songs that fueled me through this last decade, music has always helped me tell my story. Well, I think in addition to to that, I I kind of appreciated the fact that they had a musician host and instead of your typical kind of James Corden, like James Corden was the host last year and he did a comedy monologue and he did little skits to kind of fill time in a telecast that really needed to be be a little padded out a little (laughs) bit. The way Alicia Keys approached that as a host was to perform songs to, right. to kind of either bond with other musicians that she has relationships with or at one point to, to sit between two pianos and perform this kind of somewhat random medley of songs. At one point she was doing like a Kings of Leon song. You know that I could use somebody yeah. Someone like you oh, oh. 
And I kind of appreciated the fact that she took the role of host to be kind of a a musical overseer of, yeah. of the night. The yeah, the night really the night really had her presence and her DNA kind of scattered throughout, which I appreciated. Yeah, that's true. And well, it's also true that the the academy may have been casting a little bit, like casting around for someone to fill time, because they've had some very prominent musicians drop out. Like right. for example, a couple of days ago. Ariana Grande, who said on Twitter her photo was still being splashed on buses and billboards all over Los Angeles as being part of the the Grammys, dropped out and told them that she wouldn't even show up because she, again, this sounds like the Lord situation. Mm -hmm. The producers tried to dictate what song she would sing. And she said, I can't do that. I need to make my own choices and dropped out. So, you know, um, I think Alicia Keys worked incredibly hard and did a masterful job of sort of making it feel organic in the way you're talking about, Stephen, in a situation that was maybe anything but. Yeah, I think this is a good point, uh, too, to bring up the fact that Drake won Best Rap Song for God's Plan. And when he came on, I think there had been some question about whether he would be present, but he was there. But when he came up to accept the award, he essentially took the opportunity to give advice to artists saying none of this matters and the Grammys aren't important. You know, they cut off people during their speeches at various points, Mm -hmm. but it did seem, you know, it was conspicuous the way I think he was the first person cut off. They didn't even play the music. If look, look, if there's people who have regular jobs who are coming out in the rain, in the snow, spending their hard-earned money to buy tickets to come to your shows, you don't need this right here. I promise you, you already won. But next, a special Grammy performance. The Grammys, even in a year that I felt was pretty satisfying. I was satisfied with a lot of the winners. I was satisfied with a lot of the performers. But the Grammys always give you a few pieces of terrible, terrible optics. Yeah. And sort of jolting Drake off the stage as he's lightly criticizing the Grammys uh, was not a a tremendously good look for for the Grammys. Right. Speaking of not a tremendously good look, um, (laughs) I want to move on and talk about some of the tribute performances. And I think the one that people spend the most time on Twitter puzzling over was the Motown tribute headed up by Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, because um, Jenny from the block is not the first person I associate with Detroit. And there are a couple of, you know, obviously there were a lot of people who felt like, why would you not give that spot to a black artist? But more to the point, she's a dance pop artist right. and she's not a soul singer. She doesn't seem suited to these songs. To me, it was just a very odd choice. No, it really, really clanked. And and it and which is a shame. And it's a shame that that's one that we're talking about on a night when there were a bunch of other really right. satisfying performances. Right. I enjoyed having Dolly Parton come out, like flanked by a rotation of really terrific and exciting young women in country music. Yeah. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Please don't take it just because you Uh, I thought uh, Janelle Monae's performance, like I definitely found myself just agog and just like wanting, like, man, this this is her Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Totally. There's nothing better. Damn. That's just the way you make me So good, so good. 
Casey Musgraves, who could have fallen so flat performing a very soft ballad while standing still in a, in a, in a long dress, just sang beautifully. So let go of your umbrella, cause darling I'm just trying to tell ya that there's always been a rainbow hanging over your head. Yeah, there's always... Brandy Carlisle, who I really thought was going to do a little bit better awards-wise during the telecast, had an absolutely knockout rendition of her song The Joke, which was heavily nominated. And you're looking tired But you don't look The artist Her, uh, H-E-R, won Best R&B Album and had a really nice performance. I felt like her career was getting this big push over the course of the night, and I I expect more great things from her. She was exciting. And can we just talk for a moment about the opener? Because I am hard-pressed to think of the last time that Latin music and Latinx artists were so out in front and opening a huge award show yeah. Yeah. with Camila Cabello and J Balvin and Ricky Martin, who, frankly, I didn't even recognize for a minute <laughs> with that mustache, uh, and Arturo Sandoval with them. I mean, that was a big moment. That was a big statement. And it was, again, it was one of those those things that no one said, hooray, we're celebrating Latin artists in the midst of the mainstream Grammys instead of shunting them over to the Latin Grammys. Right, right. I think that was a great opener as opposed to the kind of super overstaged kind of epic things they sometimes try to go for. This was a great dance number. I was also pleased overall to see the awards getting spread out more. Uh, Last year, the Grammys had this kind of thudding quality to them where like Bruno Mars won a big award after big award after big award. You had all these sweeps, which meant that a lot of artists got left out. Jay-Z went 0 for 8, SZA went 0 for 5, uh, Despacito went 0 for 3. And this year you had more just just diversity just in the sheer number of different people who won awards. In addition to Childish Gambino and Casey Musgraves, each winning twice. You had Drake, you had Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, you had her, you had Cardi B winning Best Rap Album, which was a milestone. You had Dua Lipa winning Best New Artist and having, I thought, a terrific little performance with St. Vincent. Um, You know, so it was just nice to see a lot of, of just different faces collecting the trophies. They managed to avoid that repetition that can sometimes really drag down these telecasts. Yeah, and I want to mention just two more uh, tribute pieces, one of which was the Aretha Franklin tribute, which I was surprised that wasn't longer. They had Mm -hmm. a natural woman performance, but I was surprised that wasn't kind of as big as the the Dolly Parton one, for example. At least they didn't bring out J-Lo. No, it's true. And then I want to talk about Diana Ross. Yes. Uh, They had a Diana Ross tribute, but typically when the Grammys do a tribute, 
somebody else comes out <laughs> and sings your songs. But that's if you're not Diana Ross. It was like she was... Um... You know, those super old fashioned cakes with like a doll on the top with an enormous billowing dress. Uh She's decked out in red tulle. There's twirling, or maybe there wasn't, but I certainly felt like there was twirling involved. There was a lot of loving, odd reactions on the faces of the audience. There were a lot of close ups of Barry Gordy. She ends it by crowing, (laughs) Happy birthday to me! All I want from every one of these awards shows is I want one moment that everyone will turn into a gif for the end of time. Yeah. And Diana Ross in a big red dress standing on a literal pedestal yelling happy birthday to me (laughs) 44 days before her actual birthday (laughs) is going to be the gif that you tweet on your birthday until life is extinguished. It's true. She's a such a fabulous singer and she has such an astonishing record as a musician. And this was really more a tribute to her persona, her mm-hmm. kind of I'm going to go up there and wish myself happy birthday, which I thought was lovely and appropriate. She was to say Diana Ross was feeling herself is not a huge surprise. <laughs> Seize the day, Diana Ross. She really was. <laughs> so I want to talk about just one more thing, because, Stephen, I know that this struck you mm-hmm. was when the award, one of the awards for Childish Gambino yeah. was accepted. Go ahead and talk about that. Well, Throughout the night, I was struck by the absence of any mention of the rapper 21 Savage, who is currently in custody on immigration charges. And 21 Savage was supposed to perform earlier in the evening as part of that Post Malone and Red Hot Chili Peppers performance that for me fell super flat. And I was angry. I felt like there were so many opportunities to shout him out, to pay tribute to him, to voice support for him. It just felt like no one was allowed to say anything yeah, about it. Yeah. And and then right near the end, as This Is America uh, by Childish Gambino was winning record of the year, Ch- uh, Donald Glover was not present to accept either award that he won uh, during the telecast. Uh, but several of his collaborators did. And uh, Ludwig Joransson, who produced the song and also won a Grammy for his excellent score for Black Panther, shouted out 21 Savage as a crucial collaborator in Childish Gambino's music, yeah. but also managed to just say his name, yeah. which no one else had done during yeah. this entire telecast. Yeah. I definitely get your point there. Although I think, you know, on the whole, I would say a pretty satisfying show in a lot of ways. Solid performances, nice awards. Best Grammys I've seen in a few years. Yeah. You agree, Anastasia? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely satisfying. More satisfying than I had anticipated. Yeah. Which is always a nice surprise. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our Grammys show. You can follow Anastasia at Anastasia T. Thanks to both of you guys for being here late with me. Thank you. Thanks so much. And of course, thank you for listening. We will be back here on Friday. For more of our writing and recommendations, please subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter. We will see you all right back here on Friday. 
U.S. and Iran have been at odds for a long time, and we tend to think it all started with the Iranian Revolution in 1979. But that's not the whole story. This week on Throughline, we'll take you back to four days in 1953 that changed the U.S.-Iran relationship forever. Throughline, where we go back in time to understand the present. 